play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 191. Last one we're putting out before Christmas. Have a happy holiday and uh, everything else that is, you know, so many holidays. This is truly the holiday season. There's so many holidays around this time of year. So whatever it is you like to celebrate, happy one of those to you. Uh, A lot of great stuff on this episode. The last episode before Christmas Day, anyway. We're going to do an interview with somebody who has been a part of the punk scene for a long time and has now published, self-published, as you will hear in the interview, uh, her own novel, and that novel is Loose Gravel, the author being Ginny Fanthome, and we are getting going to get to talk to her. You're going to get to hear that interview. She's been in several punk bands, including The Diabolics, Spasms, and that's Spasms with two Zs, S-P-A-Z-M-Z, and The Carbonas, plus other bands. Check out the interview. Uh, We hope you enjoy that. There's a lot of new music that has, I think is coming out that we're not going to cover here. I didn't have time to update the list, but what's on the list currently that we'll discuss real quick, because this list is considerably shorter than the list we normally have. Uh, On the 14th, Italian Blood put out a Very Merry Italian Christmas EP. Bite Me Bambi put out Hurry Up and Wait EP on the 15th. On the 16th, the Bad Ups put out Mercy, that was a single. Disc Brigade put out on the 17th, Esclavo Autosuficiente, which is an EP. On the 18th, look at that, we have 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We have a 19th, we don't have a release on the 20th. But on the 18th, Spine released L-O-V. Harajan released Harajan, that's on the 18th. And that was on TNS Records. Hummer released how did I get here on the 18th? Ultra Sect put out a split with Vis Verace on the 18th. Brick by Brick put out Thin the Herd. Breck Rates put out Schwarze Gold on the 19th. Uh, Nancy Boy put out Pogo Stick Army, which was a single. And that's Nancy Boy, B-O-I, Boy. Again, that came out on the 19th. That was a single. Koti Tuhoa put out their self-titled Koti Tuhoa, Tuhoa on the 21st. Coming out on the 31st, we're going to have Violent Affair putting out the fifth and final part of their compilation. We just did uh, played some music off of the other uh, comp- their newest compilation that uh, four came out just a couple months back. And on the 31st, Volume 5, so Anthems of Defiance in a Dying World, Volume 5, which is Acceptance. That is coming out on the 31st. Uh, sometime this month, I couldn't find the exact date, but it was supposed to be in December of this month. Top Novel is putting out a split with Strongbow. And then on the 1st, The Dirty Neil is supposed to be releasing Fuck Art. The Soviet Machines is putting out self-titled Soviet Machines on the 1st. Sweetie will be putting out Bad Thing, Sweet Thing, and Hot Blood on the 5th will be putting out Hot Blood and Bullet Treatment Split. So, this was considerably shorter. Eric, do you know of anything I missed, or is there anything you are looking forward to checking out? Well, I'm not well-versed in what's uh, 
uh, what's coming out this time around. But but yeah, there is some stuff I'm looking forward to on there. I want I'm excited to hear what that new uh, Violent Affair is gonna be like. Right. Because uh, I love everything they've been doing with this uh, with this EP thing. I love the idea behind it. The music is killer. Right. So I'm like, they got a they got a good flow going. I hope it doesn't veer uh, too much in a in, in a bad direction, which I doubt it will. <laughs> It'll be in the key um, of A. <laughs> yep. <laughs> new keys, new uh, I don't know, new platitudes, I guess. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that new uh, yeah, the new Dirty Nil. I'm looking forward to as well. Those guys are always a lot of fun, and something I've been jamming quite a bit the last uh. The last week was the uh, uh, the Jars album, which is, yeah, the one written in Russian, number three. <laughs> so right. I still, I don't know how to look up the uh, uh, the Russian uh, Russian words. I'd have to decipher it from the alphabet itself, and I don't know. Then It translates to Jars. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I played them on the episode I just released a couple of days ago for Punk and Oil Worldwide. Uh, I have three episodes of all Russian bands, and I played them on the first, and I played a track from it, and I looked that up, and that translates into Jars. So, you know, it's three Jars three. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Now we've been, now we've been educated. But yes, I had way. to look it up. <laughs> Either way, album kills. It's a great album. It is. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, also mentioned that uh, Skaz album. While we're on the subject of Russian music, if you haven't heard it, listen to it. It's got a nice industrial feel to it. Aside from the doomy metal-y stuff, it's got a lot of, uh, I don't know, it feels like a more Black Sabbath-oriented ministry. Right? That's cool. Yeah. Uh, some, some fun stuff. Before I forget, I, uh, I have several emails to get to, and that's why the list is not as long as it could be. I know there's several things. I just haven't had a chance this last week. Hopefully, I get caught up for next week. But uh, I wanted to put out there that uh, In Your Grave from Salt Lake City, uh, new hardcore band. Uh, I've only briefly been able to read through the email, so hopefully I get all the, the proper information on there. But uh, just so you know, they started, looks like, uh, on the 20th, December 20th. So I want to throw that on the list. In Your Grave are set to release their debut EP, Enemy Lines, on December 20th. So uh, it's on my list of things to get to. I wish I would have had more time to be a little better prepared with it. But maybe on the next episode, we'll have a chance. So another band here out of Salt Lake City, In Your Grave, the album's uh, EP, Enemy Lines, so that's coming out, or came out on December 20th, so that just came out. So be on the lookout for that, and be on the lookout for us to uh, listen to and play it on the show. Sounds like it would be awesome. Yes. Uh, there's yeah. other bands that have reached out. Just know I'm going to get to you. I apologize. Unfortunately, picked up some extracurricular activities, and it's been taking up more of my time. I've been putting out less shows in the last week or two over on Punkanoi Worldwide. I was putting out a whole bunch for the holiday season and then got busy and have had to reel it back a little bit. But we'll get that list. Uh, there's several things. I'm looking at the inbox right now. There's several. We'll get to all of those things. We'll add them to the list, and we'll get to all the bands that have reached out. Definitely check out your music and get stuff on the show. 
lot of good stuff. And again, on this episode, we will be doing an interview coming up. I'm going to remind you a couple times. Get out there and check out the novel Loose Gravel. It is a grimy road story of Spooge, a punk band. And as you'll hear in the interview, it's a fictitious uh, punk band, just so you know. But a novel, great novel. Nonetheless, you'll hear uh, Eric talk about it because Eric was the one that read it. We actually had a uh, cool hard copy of it. And uh, GinnyFBooks.MyShopify.com, that's where you can get it. You might want to take note of that. But after you hear the interview, you'll probably really want to get out and check it out. So that's where you can get it. I'll probably mention it a couple more times, as I said. But let's get into some new music so we can get to the interview. So let's do some music, Eric. Yeah. You do some new music first. We're still on the new music topic. What do you got for us? I got the band War on Women, who have just released an EP, or not an EP, an album. Yes. It's, it's a full album called yes, it Wonderful is. Health. <laughs> it is. Anyway, Wonderful Health, it came out. It came out this year at the very end of October on the 30th. And this is their this is their third record. I have admittedly not listened to the second one because I don't know, just it was one of those things, went by the wayside, never got around to it, but I will go back and listen to that one. Their first album is still a banger though. I really love it. And now that I've heard this one. It's slowly climbing the list of the best albums that came out this year, in my opinion. Because, man, did... <laughs> I think they just topped themselves with this record in comparison to the first one. Again, haven't heard the second one, but yeah, this album, Wonderful Hell, was really good. And it's still going in with their uh, uh, their stance. They, uh, they're labeled as like a uh, feminist hardcore punk rock band. And yes, a lot of a lot of their songs, the majority of all their songs, develop are socio-political commentary. A lot of it pertaining to women's rights and equal rights and whatnot. And this album is no exception. And I was, and I was really amazed on a sideline with the uh, music. A lot of the guitar work sounds like it sounds like '80s. Uh, butt rock guitar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know it sounds. It sounds like I'm insulting them, but no, it's it's not. The just you think of like the melodies that go along with the riffs, and they're all. It's kind of a simplified version of metal, and that really fits in well with this. Uh, you know, with their kind of a poppier punk rock approach with the, and it just kind of correlates with the attitude as well. Awesome. There's so much, yeah. There's so much aggression coming from that music on so many, on so many lines, and and it's good stuff. And I chose the I chose the song that best correlates their. Uh, let's see, their vision and their lyrics, and the intensity of the music, and just the bombardment of all the combinations that are going on in there. And I chose the song Seeds, and Seeds in Whole is like a. Uh, I don't know, after listening. Listening to the song and uh, absorbing the lyrics, it reminds me of the uh, uh, the infamous Shea uh, Guevara quote, which were his, uh, uh, which were said to be his final words. Basically, you can kill me, but you can't kill my ideas. And he said that right before he got uh, shot down in prison. Okay. Yeah, and it's just such an amazing it's such an amazing quote. You know, you can you can kill me, but you can't kill the idea. And we and we all know Guevara himself has been a huge influential person in his uh, 
at first in his native land, but then like worldwide of everyone who assimilates themselves as such. And I don't think that was the I don't think that was the case in this song here, but it is saying that same idea. You know, you can you know, if we all die, then we're not going to progress pretty much. It's like uh I can't remember the lyrics off the top of my head. So I can't tell you to watch out for them, but but yeah, in the song, uh try and get, try and get all the lyrics down. I mean, she sings in a very uh yeah, while aggressive, but a very clear cut way, so you can understand what she's saying. Great. So, so yeah, we'll listen, and I'll try and remember the lyrics that really stuck out to me. All right, here goes your seeds. <laughs>
Eric said I was trying to remember, came out in that uh, in that initial breakdown towards the end, where it's like, we can't fight back if we all die. And in kind of a sequel portion in that in that last uh, bout of lyrics where it's like they're gonna try to bury us under the ground, but we are seeds. That's that was the thing that correlated to that Che Guevara quote. You know, if we be, we may die, our as I our ideas will live on, stem up from the seeds. Right. Yeah. And and again, it's like uh, you know, we can't fight back if we all die, which means yeah. Fight back, but try and keep your life in check, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, the I'll say why here in a moment for the next pick, but are you going to be doing, you mentioned uh, that this would be on your top albums list. Are you going to be doing any sort of a list for 2020? Or lists, yes. plural. <laughs> I, do, uh, I usually do a couple of lists. I like to point out what my favorite... Uh, EPs or seven inches or anything like that were. I used to combine them with like my favorite singles and whatnot, but I'm trying to keep it you know, minimalized this year. <laughs> and yeah, then I'm going to do like a, my favorite albums that were released this year. Last year I went all out. I did like a, I think it was like the 25 best albums that came out, but now I'm like, I don't think I got time. So I'm going to, uh, Keep it, keep it forged into like a top ten list or a top fifteen, if I'm so willing, of just the albums that uh, really suck out to me. And this is one of them. So I'm gonna see how it stacks up with some of the, some of the others. I'm not gonna name names because <laughs> I like to keep it a surprise about. Well, on that note, uh, on American Oi. Uh, Facebook page, and then there's a, a Wix site, American Oi. If you're familiar does reviews of a lot of oi music but a lot of other punk music as well the number one uh, ep so two to four track uh release for american oi in 2020 was the band kong kong and their first release raw and primitive which came out january 16th of this year and they just released their second ep of the year so four tracks on raw and primitive which was fantastic and the Evils of Kong, they just released on December 11th digitally. And then I think yesterday or the day before is when the hard copies have arrived. So if you're a fan of Kong Kong, I've played them before. I really like them. I would say that both of these EPs are definitely in my top list of the year. I'm not sure if I'm going to put one together. I did not last year as I just felt like it, first off, it took me a lot of time, and then just as you stated, I, I think I ended up making a list that was like the top fifty albums and shit because there were so many that I liked, and even then, there were some that I liked that I didn't get included on there, and it just became too complicated for me. So maybe I'll throw a list of top releases I like for the year, but in no particular order. That way, I don't have to spend the time. I'll just maybe I'll run down those. But anyway, Kong Kong number one on American Oi for. The release, uh, they just included both since they both came out, but number one for Raw and Primitive. And then you have The Evils of Kong, and off of The Evils of Kong that just came out on December 11th, uh, they put out a video for this. It's called Down With Me. Looks like a cool version of the old arcade Donkey Kong. You should go check out the video. Uh, it's pretty neat. 
Uh, simple, you know, don't think that it's going to be something, uh, you know, like that animation, but some complete different story with it. Not that. It's just cool. Uh, looks, the, the animation is basically that of the old Donkey Kong video game, and it goes along well <laughs> with the track. So let's get into the track. Here it is, Kong Kong, new stuff, down with me. of this band, uh, the videos, the Kong masks worn in the previous videos that went with the tracks from Raw and Primitive. Raw and Primitive is very descriptive of the music that you get with this band, including the stuff on the evils of Kong. I just thought it turned out fantastic, and it would definitely be high up on my list, both those releases as well for EPs of the year. Eric, they're from Stockholm, Sweden. Would you have ever guessed? No, I don't think I would have. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like Kong Kong, it just, uh, I don't know. I kind of assumed that they came from some secluded island and they were just discovered by uh, 
by a uh, by an agent, a label agent, looking for the next big punk band or something. <laughs> and it brought them back to the States against their will. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, check out Kong Kong. They're on Gorilla City Records. Those, obviously, both those two releases, Raw and Primitive, and The Evils of Kong, all released on Gorilla City Records. And like I said, you can already go out and get your hard copies. So anybody who's pre-ordered, they should be on your way. And anybody else, go get them while supplies last they will go. That's great stuff. I really like the band Kong Kong. I was happy that that came out. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting a hard copy myself. That was Evils of Kong. Next, from Holland, not too far from Stockholm, Sweden, at least compared to the fact we are in Salt Lake City, Utah, here in the United States. So Holland seems really close to Stockholm, Sweden to me. Uh, from Holland, the band Live By The Sword, they released Exploring Soldiers Rise single back on November 1st. I think it was two tracks. might have been three, but I think it was two tracks. Still a single, and we are going to listen to the single, Exploring Soldiers Rise. Uh, another cool band, if you haven't heard, Live By The Sword. They have other stuff that they have released. Uh, really good stuff. I've got a sticker up here behind me. That is like this super cool metallic silver. I don't even touch it because I'll get fingerprints on that shit, and I don't want to get fingerprints on that <laughs> sticker. But cool nonetheless. Uh, let's get into this track. It is Live by the Sword with the track Exploring Soldiers Rise. <laughs>
Let's Live by the Sword, Exploring wow. Soldiers Rise. What'd you think of that one? Man, I was enjoying I was enjoying enjoying the heavier take on it. A lot of those uh a lot of that low tone, it just sounded like uh it just sounded like very old school hard rock and roll. And then that little uh, bridge part where the guitar gets a little spacey, it just had that psychedelic uh, surf vibe to it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it was awesome. I like that stuff. It's good stuff. Get out there and check out that band, Live by the Sword. Uh, we're going to do a couple older, lesser known tracks, and then a holiday track. And then we're going to do that interview again. The, the novel is called Loose Gravel. And you can go over to the author's Shopify page. It's geniefbooks.myshopify.com. Loose Gravel. Yes, we are doing book reviews now, it appears. This is the second one that we've done uh, and interviews along with both. We're not making a habit of just going out and reading books and talking about books. But when it is punk-related and we are talking to the author or authors, then, yes, that is, uh, that's something that we were doing and interested in. So... Uh, if you're interested in checking out a cool punk novel as well, check out Loose Gravel. Let's listen to some older, lesser-known stuff. What did you pick this time? Okay, so I kind of have a, I kind of bent the truth a little on the uh, <laughs> the artists and whatnot. The band is the band, kind of. It is called Charlie Murder. Okay, but but the band itself is the creation. It's a creation of James Silva, who created the video game Charlie Murder. Okay. Yeah, and the yeah, just a, a little thing. I know it's a I know it's a video game, but it is a punk rock video game. It's one of those uh, RPG kind of beat 'em up style games. You you, uh, you progress to new levels and just Mortal Kombat and the shit out of everybody. <laughs> and and yeah, it's just basically going and. A typical punk band narrative. It's like it's, it's like your goal is to get to the show. You go on tour. There's a whole thing in there where you literally try and act drunk in a hotel room and you try and break as many things as you can. What platform can you play this game on, or platforms? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like a. I wouldn't know. I play it at a. a the brother of my girlfriend's house. He. Uh, we go over there quite a few times and we always end up playing random video games this was one of them and it really stuck with me so it could either but i know he plays on xbox but it could also be a pc game okay so so yeah i really i really don't know but xbox is most likely your best chance okay yeah so so anyway uh yeah so the video game it is based on this uh on this made-up band just called charlie murder but yes, James Silva is the one who composed the music, and they do have a soundtrack, which is available on Bandcamp via Ska Studios. Right. And, and yeah, it's just a, it's just under forty tracks long. I think there's like thirty seven or thirty eight tracks in general. Looks and like you're right. Uh, real quick, Xbox three sixty and on the PC. Okay, there you go. So if you're if it sounds like something you'd be interested in. You can go and check it out. Sounds if fun. The, if you have the tools available. It is fun. It's a really fun game. Uh, and the music is even cooler, I think. There's a... Yeah, on the soundtrack, you get to hear, like, a, your typical 
your typical video game soundtrack with all the filler and background music that you that you hear while the mission is going on but the actual songs that uh that the band gets to sing are really fucking cool it's a lot of uh i mean it's got an electronic feel to it because it is a video game after all but they have but it's kind of disguised as what would what you would sound from a garage punk band or a a hardcore band with a bit of a fuzzy undertone and and yeah just yelling vocals and just this uh just this muggy aggression behind it it's actually it's a pretty interesting sound quality and and yeah i chose the i chose the alleged first song because it's a it's the first song you hear in the in the introduction of the video game or whatever it's like this is charlie murder this is what he sounds like and the song is mnemonic atomic and it's the one that stuck with me the most because maybe because the chorus is just him screaming i am charlie murder (laughs) (laughs) awesome so so yeah, there's the there's the background. There's what to expect from this one. As the first time I'm choosing a song that was created for video games, <laughs> as in it's in the actual soundtrack. So let's give it a listen. <laughs> murder straight from the video game yeah indeed that's some uh that's some straight digital punk rock for you <laughs> well i looked so, it up on xbox on the arcade for the 360 it is 10 bucks and they got a 4.2 out of 5 rating and over on steam 
Uh, it says that it's 75% off at $2.49, and it got a 9 out of 10 rating over there. So uh, if, if you're interested, you can get it for fairly cheap there on either yeah. Steam or for your PC or uh, Xbox out of the arcade. There you go. So if we got any, uh, if we got any gamers listening, there's one for you to check out if you haven't already. And uh, and if you're not a gamer, yeah, the soundtrack is really good. Even all the filler background music, it's uh, it's got some good stuff. There's stuff that ranges from electronic and indie to more uh, ska based and more uh, and even more metal based on there. Nice. Well, that's cool. Looks fun. The animation looked fun. So. Get out there, check it out. If you ain't got shit better going on through the holidays and you got some extra time, especially if it's cold. It's cold where we are. We haven't had a lot of snow yet. It's supposed to be snowing. I keep seeing the forecast. We're supposed to be getting quite a bit of snow here and there, at least a lot of days with snow. I don't know if it would be a lot of snow, but a lot of days with snow. But it really isn't happening too much. It was supposed to snow yesterday, and it was pretty light here. So if you want to get yeah. out and get out, cool. But if you're cold and you don't want to get out, there's something to go do along with uh, checking out and listening to this show, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do another older, lesser known. The band I picked is Captain Boot Boys, and that is B-O-I-S, Boot Boys. They are a band from South Korea. Over on Punkinoy Worldwide, play a bunch of bands or episodes with bands from all over the place. I did episodes from bands in South Korea recently, and this was a band I came across after the fact. I liked him, so we're going to get him on this show Way back in July 1st of 2008, the Captain Boot Boys Band, they, I don't want to say it that way. They made it sound like it was a boy band. It's not a boy band. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Boot Boys, the band, uh, they released Oi, uh, sorry, All for One. This is Oi Music. Uh, We Will Kick You Down is the track that we're going to check out. Let's check it out and see if you like some great music. That is coming at us from South Korea.
Captain Boot Boys, we will kick you down. What'd you think, Eric? Well, there was one song going through my head listening to this one. It sounds dangerously close to the song Unknown Soldier by the Casualties. <laughs> nice. Like the, right down to the to the background odes going up in conjunction with the guitar. And it's even in the same key. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. The only dip- yeah. The only difference is I think uh, this uh, this band, their voice is better. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out good. They are from South Korea. I had no idea, you know, if I would have known about them prior to that episode, which came out, I don't know, a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago at the most. Uh, somewhere around there, I would have played them on that show, and I hadn't, but came across them right after. I think somebody pointed out to me, like, hey, this is a band you should check out, which I love doing. I love pl- putting out all these episodes for a all these other places, and then people are like, hey, you should check out this band, you should check out that band, because I do, I really enjoy getting to check them out, and you get to check out cool bands like Captain Boot Boys, who I had no idea were even around, and again, that particular release came out 12 and a half years ago, way back in July of 2008, so get out there, check out Captain Boot Boys from South Korea, let's do one more track, it's going to be a holiday track, and then we're going to do an interview, so Eric, tell us about this holiday track before we do the interview. Well, a, a couple episodes, I've been uh, kind of hinting that I may or may not choose a Vandal's Christmas song. <laughs> well, I caved in, and I did the album Oi to the World, but it's not the title track. <laughs> I know. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a prototypical punk album to choose for a Christmas one. And yes, the title track itself is a great one. The tracks Everyone are fun. knows it. The whole album. Yeah, everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. And it's the fucking Vandals. The Vandals are such a fun band. <laughs> like pretty much every release. I mean, they got so many good releases, so many good songs, and they are all just so, so dumb, yet so hilarious. It's almost <laughs> in the same vein as Tenacious D. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Oi to the world is no, uh, is no exception. I'm sure many. Many of you listeners hearing it right now, or listening to us right now, have heard that album, or at least have heard that song. So this is kind of for you guys who haven't heard that song. But it is not the title track, like I said. I be- like, uh, like Dustin just said, they <clears throat> the whole album is great. And there's a lot of funny songs on there, a lot of them which have Christmas in the title, like A Gun for Christmas or... Uh, <laughs> C H R I S T M A S. Yeah, they even literally spell it out. So, <laughs> or what was it, Grandpa's Last Christmas? Yep. X Xmas, as they put it in there. And yeah, they even do like a little. Uh, yeah, they do a little uh, interlude in the middle where it's their version of Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Yeah. Oh my God! You leave it to the Vandals to just turn so many heads in just one album. But yeah, I chose the the one that I chose that really stood out to me was "I Don't Believe in Santa Claus," and and yeah, it's uh, obviously it's hilarious, but it's hilarious in a way where they're just like point where they parody the amount of commercialism that the holiday receives, <laughs> and it's and just all the pressure of just like. Why didn't you get me a Christmas present? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's literally how the 
the song start, starts off. Like, I don't believe in Santa Claus. I hate the, I hate the whole uh, holiday pretty much. That's awesome. So, yeah. Let's listen to it. Let's, uh, let's have a laugh. Let's turn this into even more of a comedy show now. Here's the Vandals from their seminal Oi to the World holiday punk Christmas album. And I don't believe in Santa Claus. And we are going to let that lead us right into the interview. So as soon as that track's over, Eric and I are going to be doing an interview with Ginny on her novel, Loose Gravel. So we'll check you on the other side. Uh, the reason I didn't get you anything this year is, is because... I don't believe in Santa Claus His corporate image falls apart The blind and spending masses Who enslave the lower classes It's obligatory gifts that serve to cleanse the year of guilt and shame Token gesture justifies the apathetic hypnotized Leading them to be Kris Kringle slaves Ooh! Bye! Bye! I won't do it! The season's obligation was not my participation Bye! Bye! I won't do it! The money every mini called corporate swine Joining us now on the show, Ginny. She is the author of the book, Loose Gravel. Ginny, thank you for joining us. Hey, no problem. Eric had the, the pleasure to get to read your book. Uh, it was a hard copy, so only Eric has read it. So congratulations to you, Eric. You're, you are going to be the show's expert on Loose Gravel. All right, as expertise as I could possibly be. Ginny, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have been a drummer in a punk band. Give us a, a brief history about yourself as pertaining to writing a novel about a punk band on tour. Well, I played in a bunch of bands um, since I was probably about 18. Um, when I was growing up, I wanted to play drums, but my folks bought me other instruments, like a guitar and a keyboard, <laughs> and I'm thinking... Every year I ask for a drum kit, but I get a different musical instrument. And then finally, I, when I was making my own money, I said, I'm going to just buy my own damn drum kit. And I asked my mom, I said, why didn't you ever buy me one? She goes, we didn't want that noise in the house. <laughs> so then Typical. I took some lessons, and then I was just basically self-taught, because there's only so far you can go with lessons. Sure. I was getting too good. I could actually play some jazz drumming, but then you really got to dumb it down when you're playing with people. And so I went into punk bands. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Eric, you read the book. A specific question I wanted to ask is, uh, I understand this is kind of a uh, fictionalized memoir. In, uh, oh, no, it's not a memoir it? at all. Not a memoir? Okay. Then I was misinformed. Where did the inspiration come from to... Uh, create this narrative of this uh, band and was there any uh, any personal aspects from 
uh, from your past in bands that led into the creation of characters and the initial story? Well, I mean, it wasn't intentionally done. I'm sure there's things that crept in just from playing in bands or touring with bands. There's a lot of really interesting characters in the punk scene or any music scene, <laughs> um, you know, either from the players to, you know, people who work in the college stations, club owners, people you meet along the way, bands you play with. All of that stuff is all in your head when you're a writer. I've been writing before I was playing in band. And so nice. I put it all together, I guess, as you know, as I'm writing. It's, it's nothing that I sit down and plan out whenever I write a novel. I've written about three so far. This is the first one I've released. But they're all from different experiences that either I've had, not specifically in this novel, but... Um, they're just people I've met, uh, people I've read about. I read a ton of music biographies and or just things I read about, like, let's say, a music press or a fanzine or something that interview with the band. All of this stuff, it's like a big repository in your head. And you pull things out that may not be exactly what happened to you or what happened to someone else or something you read about. It's almost like a Christmas stocking. You throw a whole lot of things in and it becomes something <laughs> of its own. And that's how I work with the characters as well. That is kind of a good way of going about it, especially in a story like this, because yeah, it's a band on tour, so it equates itself to being like a, your road trip story. Like, these people travel and interesting stuff happens to them. Well, when you're on your yeah. first tour, especially in the mid-90s, I mean, like I was uh, talking about to Dustin earlier, it was, wasn't was a lot of resources you could use. You were really, it was really DIY. I mean, you had to, you had to find clubs. How do you do that when there's no internet? Well, <laughs> you find the college radio stations. How do you do that? Sometimes it's word of mouth. There was a book, your fucking life. Uh, what is it? Uh, it was, it was a, like a, a document you could, you could get. I think it was associated with maximum rock and roll. And you could use that. It would list everything, and it would list the club owners. But then when you got to the club, if you didn't really know the club and you didn't know the bands in the area, um, you didn't know who you are going to get flung on the bill with. And that's what a lot of the things that are happening in this novel. It's just sometimes you go, why are they playing with that band? It's because you didn't know how to set this stuff up on the first time. I mean, as you do more and more tours, you get used to it. And you get to know other bands, you get to know the radio stations, and you've got to rely uh, on them to poster for you because you can't really put anything up on the internet because we weren't using the internet back then. Yeah, I remember uh, the book kind of delves in that uh, those prospects of uh, booking your own tour when the, the band gets into some uh, one of the many no-name towns and uh, they get asked to be put on one of their uh, to be put on one of the radio shows. And they're like, yep, this is how we uh, advertise a show that's going on within 24 hours. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I can't say I know from experience at all. I mean, the 90s is when I was still in diapers, pretty much. So, <laughs> I, so yeah, I have. Uh -oh, am I betraying my age here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm betraying mine. So, <laughs> but the, uh, so yeah, I have uh, no idea what it was like to be out on the road forming my own tour back uh, back in the time that's in the pre-internet days. But just to base it within the narrative and the setting in which it takes place, I'm like, oh, yeah, this just 
feels real. Like it's uh, relying a lot on the realism and just giving you like a firsthand experience as to what it would be like had you done this tour. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, your mileage may differ depending on what band you're in, but that was just like the experiences people I knew back then and myself. I mean, that's, it was just anything goes. And you, you you never really, you don't have any money when you're that young. So if, if you're, and or your van craps out on you, you're in, not in any good shape. Because, you know, what are you going to pay to fix it? <laughs> yeah. Out of the constant loom over the head. It's like, where are we going to sleep tonight? Yep. And that was another thing about this band. Like, they they didn't really plan too well in terms of where they were going to sleep. I think they thought uh, maybe they when they went out on the road, people would offer them a floor to sleep on, to throw their sleeping bags there. Yeah, that wasn't always the case, and so they had to sleep in the van, but they didn't really think about it because they didn't put, like some bands will think about it and put something on the floor of the van so you're not sitting, sleeping on the rutted metal floor. Yeah, <laughs> right. But they weren't planning for this at all because they, they didn't have a clue how to tour. Yeah. <laughs> some of them didn't have a clue about much, really. <laughs> <laughs> so which the... character did you like the best? Ah, man. I would have to say the one I oddly enough related to the most was the was the guitarist, Marcus. Not in the, <laughs> I know, it's a weird thing to say because the sexual deviant hides another, another side of his personality because he's trying to <laughs> uphold the otherwise dumber aspects ratio that people hold him up to, which is just a goofball, pretty much. Yeah. And I relate to that because that's how people see me. They see me as a goofball. They see me as this... Uh, kind of doofus really he's like living in his own dimension but <laughs> but yeah i too myself am also a writer i've written for uh local magazines and i've written independently about music and stuff only i'm not quite so uh secretive about it i do like to push it out there and just kind of like give people the element of surprise really so yeah that was the closest character i related to and i yeah he was a lot of he was a lot of fun every time he was uh I was reading about him on the page. Yeah, he was he was good comic relief. Yeah, that just uh the way I pictured him, I just saw him as like this uh I don't know, just this tall, lanky guy with some uh with some curly kind of a half fro going on and he's just like just kinda has this uh glare that just kinda draws you in like a tractor beam. Well the you know the 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 women he could attract, I mean he was he's actually kinda short and pudgy and he's losing his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was just and the way that I envisioned women like crazy. <laughs> and I remember I was like trying to envision him as that, just the short pudgy guy, but I couldn't for some reason. I, I don't know. Maybe no, it was just the name. About, <laughs> that's the great thing about novels, though. I mean, it's it's just whatever is in your head. Yeah. Right. Because when I read novels, I'm just thinking, huh, how would I make this into a movie? What do I see? <laughs> Well, that's the thing about whenever you make a novel into the movie, because everybody has an idea of what somebody looks like or what a town looks like or a place looks like, and then you put it in a movie and you look at it and go, that's not what I thought it looked like. Right. right. Uh, but just because it shows the different visions people have. Yeah. Were there any uh, parts in the book, uh, any incidents that were related to the tour or anything that uh, that came in as the closest thing to a personal experience? No, like I said, everything's got like an element of it. But I mean, I've been to places like that rodent world because I love really strange museums, roadside attraction museums like that. 
Right. Like if there's a sign and I'm I'm in the car, we're stopping. I'm sorry. So <laughs> that that yes, uh, but not that specific place. So this is what I was trying to say earlier. There's nothing specific, but there might be something that is uh, somewhat related. Or going right. to like crappy old diners and <laughs> along the way. Right. The whole uh, scene in the book with uh, odors. <laughs> Actually, it was so funny. I went to I um was out with my husband and, and his male friends. There was about six of us. And they're like, well, where do you want to go to dinner? And I said, Hooters. And they're all looking at me going, what? I said, well, <laughs> I need to do some research for my novel. <laughs> so we went in there. And that that was basically like my vision of just looking around and seeing everything. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to describe it at all. I wouldn't have otherwise gone into a place like that. Yeah, I can attest to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Never had had an interest. I'm just like, yeah, you get to ogle the waitresses, and how's the food? Yeah, can get it anywhere, really. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Right, yeah. <laughs> it is. The one in Salt Lake closed a couple years ago. It didn't last that long. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big loss. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, you, you have some good customer uh, reviews on the book. So anybody that hasn't read the book yet, definitely get out there. The the folks, and I'm sure Eric would agree, but talking about how easy the read was, uh, they appreciate how you put it together and the character development. And I think those are pretty important for reading a novel to keep people interested in the novel, you know, having good characters and having a good story, but also making it uh, easy to read and consume, you know, keep the book in front of you and want to continue to read as opposed to, you know, forcing yourself to try to get to. So that's good. People should get out there, check it out. Before we move on, where can people get your book? I'm selling it on Shopify. Okay. So um, it's ginnyfbook.myshopify.com. Ginny F Books. That's oh. what I am looking at right now. So I was looking at some of those reviews that you have there. And it, like you said, this is your debut novel. You have two others that you've written but not published. Are these punk-themed or are these some other type of a theme? Well, one of them is a very dark young adult novel set in the early 80s in the punk and goth. Then the other novel I've written is, um, it's, oh, my God, it's a war and peace poem. I've got to cut it down somehow. It's a massive undertaking of this is it's set in this 1970s uh hard rock scene okay and then there's another one i've written and it's uh i'm I'm keeping it sort of under my hat because i'm i've just i wrote it in a month this summer okay wow it was outrageous and uh, so i i still have to go back and tidy it up and then then i have another novel after that that i'm going to be writing soon so i mean i better just start putting these things out there this was my first attempt i went a bunch of publishers um, for um, the first three for many years. I got so discouraged and I said, I'm never writing again because nobody wants to publish my book. And then, you know, COVID hits. I'm sitting around bored stiff at home and I got to do something with myself. I'm like, oh, I'm going to self-publish a book. And for some reason that self-publishing killed that idea that I, I should stop writing. And it just came out of me like the floodgates opened. I think that's how I read, wrote a novel in a month. That is awesome. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That is very impressive. Thanks. It was sitting there all balled up inside me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Are your books 
so this one, uh, loose gravel, and or any of the other ones, are those things that you would, you know, make a movie into or consider? You know, I, I don't even have an idea of the process. I am, you know, I, I read a little bit. I watch some movies and such. Y you know, consumer of all sorts of medias. But I've noticed that there's several movies that I do enjoy that all started as a book. And when you have a great premise, uh, is that something that you would consider doing? I don't know if I'd do it myself because I don't really have a knowledge of that. Sure. But um, if somebody came up to me and said, I'd love to make a movie of this. I mean, I've had so many people who've read the book say to me, this would be a really good movie. So right. The visual elements of it, that's what people have told me. It's just the way I describe things. Right. I, that I would get based on the, the descriptions that I've read, the, the reviews that I've read. It seems like something that would turn into a good movie. So that's why I ask. Uh, that would be really well, cool. Right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, I don't it. know who I would do it. I mean, I wouldn't want – it would be kind of scary if, you know, some big film company came and said, well, you know, we want Tom Cruise to play Marcus. Like, oh, no. <laughs> right? You'd be like, can we get somebody else? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, it would be really cool. Uh, I hope the best for you on that. And that's awesome about the other novels that you have in the works and just about worked out. That's great that the, the motivation change is really cool. Real quick on bands, because you have a history of having played in bands. Who, who are the bands that you have played with? Well, these go way back when. I played with a bunch of bands, and I don't remember their names. I, I grew up in a town called Ottawa in Ontario. Okay. Uh, yes. I played with an all-girl uh, band called Boom Shanka. Then I moved to Toronto to go to school, and I played with the Spasms and the Nina Hagendoss, <laughs> the Ethel Mormons. Um, I played with uh, this Inner City Four band that where the we had a Japanese lead singer who thought he was Joe Strummer and Elvis mixed together. He was a crazy <laughs> man. And I also played with. An all-girl unit called Scramjet, really hardcore stuff. And I also played with all-girl Ramones cover band called the Carbona. Awesome. That is really cool. And that was a lot of fun. I yeah. bet. A lot of great memories, I'm sure. And I'm sure through all of those experiences, you know, just as you said about Loose Gravel, based off of experiences, not necessarily, you know, transfer exact experience, but so many cool experiences. I'm sure you have a lot to write about and a lot that would be interesting, especially to people like us who are into the punk scene and the the love that goes into, you know, being in a band and traveling and playing music and meeting the people that also enjoy doing what you do. Yeah, well, I also um, did college radio for a number of years, so um, that's uh, that's why I had to throw that in the novel as well, that experience. But that's all part of the tour anyway. Awesome. And I did, awesome. I was part of a promotions collective who brought um, alternative and punk bands into Ottawa. That's great. Yeah. A lot of fun experience there. And uh, I saw on your Instagram page, I'm sorry, you had to put out, please don't send me personal messages <laughs> that sound like you want to date. Come on, people. <laughs> you can no, look I'm at the kidding. page there. You can look at the page Kidding. Women you, have you that problem. Believe how many? Oh, oh no! <laughs> I I feel bad and I apologize. That sucks. My wife gets the same type of 
people that follow. She's like, I don't even know who these people are. Stop. Not interested. <laughs> well, I think part of the problem was I put my picture up there. I should have put a picture of the front of the novel. That might have been easier. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe someone thinks I'm cute. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Men. Well, your book is also for sale at, looks like, uh, quite a few bookstores as well. The, are, are those all bookstores in your area? They are. But also, um, I mean, if you wanted to email me at the Shopify account and you didn't want to go through there, you wanted to use PayPal or something, I mean, Shopify gives me good shipping rates. Oh, good. So, if, yeah, so it, it would it'd be better, it would be more in your interest to go to Shopify, quite honestly. Perfect. Well, it's GinnyFBooks.MyShopify.com, and your social media, your Instagram page is also GinnyFBooks, so people can check that out, and I'm sure once you have more as far as your future books go, they will be able to keep up with you there and on that Shopify page, correct? Yes, and I also have a Facebook page. Oh, excellent. So it, if you're on Facebook, otherwise it doesn't show up very well if you're not on Facebook, so... Okay. Yes, I got one final question. Yeah, it stands to reason that the the band of the the centerpiece of the novel, uh, Spooge, uh, doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't exist. But but yeah, I wanted to ask you when you were writing up the uh, I guess the whole story, what bands kept coming to mind when you were thinking of what type of music Spooge would be? What kind of a uh, what kind of realm of punk did, would they have existed in? It would have been, like, there's a lot of uh, classic punk overtones, but then you get hardcore mixed. Yeah. And maybe uh, a little, in some of their songs, uh, a little bit of melodic punk. And I think that was, I was trying to look at what each contribution of each member would have brought to the band, just from playing in bands. You would have had, you know, the bass player who was that, you know, got big guy with the green mohawk, green spikes, and... Uh, he would have liked the hardcore aspect, and so did the drummer. Yeah. Um, but the drummer and the lead singer were good friends, and they were into so many different kinds of music. And then there was the uh, guitar player, and he, I think he liked a lot of punk, but he also liked a lot of like hard al alternative. So when you yeah. bring all those type of people in a band, you're going to get all of those influences. Because somebody, like when you first start playing, you usually do a cover, and that starts defining the kind of music that you, you're probably going to end up playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, weirdly enough, I was kind of getting a bit of a, I don't know, kind of a garage feel to it. Can't exactly understand why, but I know the, the band in the, the descriptions of each of the people, it just sounded like a ragtag group of misfits that all came together and formed this one band. So it just sounded like a conglomeration of a bunch of music coming together. Well, I mean, I think yeah. all bands are kind of like that, but this, no, this is more like uh, punk and hardcore. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff they played. It does make sense. But yeah, that was just one of the things when I was reading the book. I was like, I wonder what these guys would sound like. And of course, I wonder if they were an actual band, if I could look them up or anything. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, that felt like that was a long shot. <laughs> well, my, my dream actually is to have like maybe somebody make a movie of it and then you get a band like Billy Talent who took, you know, the name from Hardcore Logo and made their own band out of it. Maybe somebody else will read my book and want to start a band called Spooch. Yeah, maybe so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be one of the one of the challenges of uh, attempting to turn this book into a film. 
Right. Well, that's just it. It's just like what you were talking about. What would the band sound like? Yeah. Who's going to determine that? You. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I need a good lawyer if anyone ever wants to make a movie, because then I can say, hey, no way, you're, you're, you're casting that person. Yeah, what was that hard rock or hair metal show or whatever that was like a musical a couple of years ago that Tom Cruise did? You don't want it to turn out like oh, that. Oh, Rock of Ages. <laughs> there you go. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you don't want it to end up that way. God, that was uh, Tom Cruise doing his best John Bobie impression. <laughs> Tom Cruise shouldn't be in anything. I mean, if I was going to cast people in this, they'd be really young. Right. Yeah. Not, what was he like now, 58 or 59? I think I just saw that recently. Yeah. He wouldn't fit. He's somebody else. But I, yeah. I, I think it would turn out pretty good. I think it would be an interesting story. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, uh, Dustin, are you going to read it, or are you not a, a hardcover book kind of guy? I, I probably will. I'll have to meet up with Eric to get the book from him. But he <laughs> just I think he just finished it this past weekend. So uh, I'll have to meet up with him sometime here during the holidays because we typically record, as we are doing right now, by Zoom. Okay. Oh, i got to ask you, Eric, was the ending a surprise without saying what it's about? Oh, yeah. We're uh... – yeah, I know it. I know what you're talking about. I was. I had a feeling that it was. I had a feeling that it was going to turn out the way that I did. You know, they are driving back home, and then no, no spoilers. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm saying they're about to drive back home, and then surprise. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't planning on spoiling it. I'm. I'm not. So yeah, it was. It was a bit of a surprise, and I was like, well, I am seeing this coming a little bit, but. Now, now I don't know because there were some things that were uh, that were left unexplained, like uh, some of which pertaining to Marcus's uh, escapades. <laughs> yeah, think. well, the thing is, I, I I wanted to leave some things like unsaid because it's um, you don't always know everything about somebody, and that was the whole mm -hmm. idea of this book. Why I think people like the idea of the relationship because you thought you knew who they were in the first few chapters, and as the novel goes. Um, along you n get to know so much more about them but maybe like some parts of Marcus but not I guess the personal aspect that part's still unsaid yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. the other people you really get to know about their backgrounds as well and I think it, it tells you like it kind of shapes uh, how you view somebody the more you get to know them yeah yeah I think that was another thing that drove me to Marcus was yeah was because of uh, parts of his personality were an enigma, even admittedly to himself. Yeah. And, yeah. And then there was that one point where he got really mad at or like fed up with Sam and she was thinking to herself, well, I've never seen this side of Marcus before. I never knew he acted that way. But yeah, and that's what the, and that is what the ending of the book pertains. It's kind of like a closer, but still, uh, still room for a cliffhanger. It's like, What's going to happen with them now, now that this uh, tour is over? Exactly. And you know what people have said to me, like, would you ever make a, um, like a sequel? Or would you ever write another book to follow up on what happens to them? And I, no way. I hate sequels. I hate <laughs> um, anything that, that has to do with it because I like to be in my head and figure out what might happen to them. I don't want anybody telling me exactly what happened to them. Mm -hmm. This is the way life is. You never know, like these people coming in and out of your life, and some some of them you know, just don't know whatever happens to them. Right. Yeah. And that's that's how I think a, a novel should really end. Yeah. Same way. So if anything, it leaves you if you leave it 
the best thing to do is leave them wanting more. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. If the book is like a, attached to yourself in a certain way after reading it, and then you're thinking, you start creating a sequel in your head. It's like, well, what if this? What if that? Maybe it would be cool if they did this. Yeah. And I mean, but the thing is, nothing ever in, in life ever wraps up nicely in a, a little bow at the end, right? Oh, yeah. Of course not. Yeah, even with the even with Steve's character, while he did get somewhat of a happy ending, it's still kind of like, well, what about the stuff with his family? <laughs> yeah, I know. Will he ever? Will he ever? You know, resolve that? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So even in like a, it's a happy ending, but we still got this going on. So, so yeah. Anyway, half hats off to you for keeping a a lot of the realism intact, right down to uh, the uncertainty of life itself yeah what did you think of mikey oh mikey man what a weird kid (laughs) (laughs) yeah much like in the novel how he was physically really hard to kind of pin down he's always in and then he just disappears and then you don't see him for a few pages and then hey he comes back out of seemingly nowhere his personality was very much the same you know just uh and i know some people like that who are just like really reserved you know, whether it is like through mental ailments or uh, abuse from their past, or if it's if it's something similar to that. I met those who are very uh, closed off. And I like that that was included in there because that's uh, something within the realm of punk that isn't often explained. Everyone thinks it's just these, uh, you know, these spastic people who are just like, uh, oh, fuck the world. We'll drink a 40 and spike our hair and <laughs> get drunk on sight or whatever. But no, there's still a lot of them who are move around in silence. And yeah, technically that's uh, kind of the point as to why they don't get enough attention because people don't really notice them. But I do love that that was included in here because the the way that I personally saw it, it's kind of like a metaphor of the punk rock scene and the as kind of a, for lack of a better word, an escape for some people just to like kind of put a pause on the real world and just embellish yourself in something that you enjoy and something that makes sense to you and that's the feeling i got from from mikey's character yeah and i mean he he represented like i guess um to me a lot of the lost souls in the scene yeah absolutely it's a whole scene comprised entirely of lost and confused people trying to figure stuff out yep (laughs) (laughs) we're still trying to figure stuff out yeah some people might have it more seemingly more together but um sometimes it's the people who don't look like they have it together that have it more together than the people who think are are doing yeah, well. Totally. It was a somewhat of a different reflection on life. You think of it as through the looking glass. That's kind of what punk is. Yep. Ginny, is there anything else we should know about you or your novel? No, um, I'm just hoping that maybe people like are interested in buying a copy. I'm, I'm gonna be a jerk and say it's ginnyfbooks.myshopify.com again. Oh, don't worry, we'll say it multiple times as well. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't mean to be a promotional jerk, but... <laughs> no, you got it. I got to get people reading it. Right? Self-published, you got to get people reading it. And, you know, I think that stuff like that probably helps motivate for, you know, the next self-publish, if that's the route that you go. Exactly. And, I mean, self-publishing in, in the middle of a, of a plague. Yeah, come on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking? Well... Get you know people on one hand people have time they have time to read and it's also that cold time of year where where all of us are anyway it's cold and you don't really want to go outside all that much and it's better than watching the shit that's on TV so 
definitely get yep. out there and get that book. All right. Thanks a lot. You are welcome. Thank you for joining, and we look forward to the next one. All right. Thanks for your interest, guys. You got it. Okay, bye. And we want to thank Ginny for taking the time to do that interview with us. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Eric enjoyed the book. Yeah. Yes, I did. It was, uh, as, as I've said multiple times, it's a fun read. If you're, uh, and yeah, if you're into like, uh, as she said, it's not a memoir at all. It's just, uh, it's not really based on her experiences. But if you like to read stories about, what a crazy punk rock tour would be like in a bunch of no-name cities and a bunch of uh, dirty clubs and all this crazy stuff that keeps happening in and out of shows. This is the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, if you went on tours, is, is that how you picture you on tour would go? I think so. I think, uh, <laughs> except we would have GPS. <laughs> right. Yeah. A little easier, a little easier. Uh, again, the novel, Loose Gravel. We want to thank Ginny again and go over to GinnyFBooks.MyShopify.com. Plus, she has Instagram, GinnyFBooks. So go follow her there as well. You can see she posts some pictures of some of the bands that she has been in, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Spasms, S-P-A-Z-M-Z, uh, The Diabolics, The Carbonas, uh, bookstores where you can go find the book several of those are also listed there on the instagram page at Ginny f books and it is ginnyfbooks.myshopify.com get out there check them out eric let's do some great cover to cover albums what do you got well i got refused again yes <laughs> Because I was uh, I was plugging their uh, newly released EP uh, about a month ago. I think that was when it came out, or over a month. I something don't like that. Yeah, something like that. This year, it did come out this year, and it's a great EP. And and I also uh, notated the fact that I was not aware that they had done an album in between their uh, comeback record. I've uh, name is skipping on me right now, but. It was the first record they released since their reunion. And then they had one in between that I forgot about. And that is the album War Music. And that came out, yeah, it came out October of last year. And holy shit, how did I skip out on this one? This album is phenomenal. Hence why it's in the great cover to cover album section. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, unlike the, uh, a prior album again name is not hitting me but i guess that's kind of a i guess that's kind of poetic because the album itself musically didn't really stick with me it just kind of went in and out and i'm like that's yeah, all right this one had the exact opposite i'm like there is so much aggression there is so many catchiness in the riffs and in the lyrics and just some and I love the fact that uh, Dennis is going in between screaming vocals and then these just kind of a crooning vocals where he's got a lot of melody. Just, I don't want to say it's kind of like showing off, but it's more just like flexing all of their good, their good spots. So War Music is a great album. Good. And the, and the track that I chose was the one that won me over. And just, uh, it just dragged me in with this, uh, with this almost western sounding uh sounding guitar riff like it just sounds like you're in uh 
uh, it just sounds like you're in the old west it sounds like a showdown's about to happen and like the pistol draws and then the music starts pretty much that's what i envision anyway (laughs) and anyway the song is called malfire again (laughs) fire the pistol but but it's a yeah it's a great song and it's just got some it's got a lot of catchy yelling parts and a lot of just uh just chants that you just can't help but but sing along with on the first listen that's what happened to me i'm like oh this is some good shit that's awesome so so yeah let's let this let's let those lyrics speak for themselves let the song speak for itself let's listen to some mouth fire from refused coming out of there at the end yeah like holy 
shit. That was the one that won me over. Like the first few songs, I was like, okay, this is good. I think this album's got some promise in here. But as soon as Malfire hit, oh God, that just leveled everything out. I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to surrender to this album now. And upon multiple listens, I'm like, okay, everything's got its place here. Yeah, and Malfire, it's just like, a, yeah, it's going into their holy political stance that they're like, uh, it's a it's an assemblance of of what you of what goes on when your home is being raided and invaded uh by by police pretty much and you just get and just people getting their rights trampled upon <laughs> towers falling down wolves are at the door they're coming for you nice yeah so yeah of course review reviews haven't really uh leaned too far away from their uh from their lyrical prowess. I mean, I don't really expect them to at this point. They found their niche and they're stuck with it. Ever since Shape of Punk to Come, that was their, uh, that has always been their style. And it's nice. good to know that it's coming back in full force with these, uh, with these last couple of releases. That's great. Yeah, That's good stuff. It's great. Yep. And on that note, we got a, uh, we move into song number two. This is, this is the uh, infamous left. That's what they're. That's what they're saying. Basically, uh, uh, basically just calling out the uh, the type of politicians who like sport all these promises and all these uh, all these pipe dreams that things are going to be better. When, but it's going beyond the fact that they're like uh, just selling you on ideas. It's more like they're just wearing their intelligence as a clout. It's just kind of like, yeah, you can trust me. I have a Harvard degree or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's what they're going on on the uh, infamous left, where it's like, yeah, it's very easy to pick on the right because, you know, they're, they're morons over there. It's so people. So it's been like the, uh, I don't know how to say, how to say it, the point of view. But people are like, nah, it's just, just weird all over it's a lot of uh, uh a lot of pride and a lot of uh patting themselves on the back all around no yeah matter where you look so so yeah that's what this song is a bit of a reminder of the infamous left by refused a lot of talk and not a lot of results exactly <laughs> that's <laughs> what they're going <laughs>
Great track. I like Refused. Oh, yeah. Speaking of seeing bands at uh, Punk Rock Bowling recently, we saw them not, not too long ago, too, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did. Man, and they are pretty, they are pretty whack live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dennis has all of his uh, political rants to take up about a third of the show. Right. <laughs> but Yeah, but then again, when the music starts playing, it just, those rants just kind of get everybody amped up in a way. So it's like, he's keeping them level, it's keeping them down a little bit, so the so the result is just like a bigger uh, a bigger explosion of crowd interaction. Right. That's what I think. Good. And, and yeah, like as soon as they play, uh, and yeah, as soon as they play Liberation Frequency, oh shit, you better you better uh, put in put in an order for a knee brace or something because <laughs> it gets nuts. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I'll have to. Yeah, I really I want to see them again. You know and. Hope that they play some more stuff from this album as well. Right. As, yeah, now that I am able to recognize the tracks. And remember earlier when we were saying, uh, doing stuff like top 10 lists of the albums of the year. And yeah, last year, the 2019 was so long. I had a bunch of albums on the list. And yet somehow this still slipped under my radar. And now I'm looking back like, I think I could replace one of the albums on there with this one because some of them didn't stick with me for the last 360 some odd days. <laughs> well, uh, you come across the EP, so maybe it'll make an EP's list. Uh, look forward to whenever you have it, we'll have to discuss it on the show. So whenever you get the list, let's get it on there. Uh, let's yep. get a couple more tracks played because we are starting to wrap the show up. I got two tracks off of the new Pagans of Northumberland, their LP, which kind of combines their EP from before with new tracks. And the Pagans of Northumberland released a self-title, The Pagans of Northumberland. It came out in November. You can go to the Bandcamp page and get it digitally. But officially, the physical copies are coming out on January 1st. So if you want it digitally, go get it. If you want it physical copies, they're coming soon, January 1st. The band is the Pagans of Northumberland out of Calgary. Uh, their EP was great. I like the tracks that were there, but we're going to play some tracks that weren't previously released on that EP. Some good tracks that I really enjoyed. First up, we're going to listen to Left With Nothing. Here is the Pagans of Northumberland.
song just jumped right into it. The second that it got going, it was going. Oh, yeah. Jumped right into a whirlpool. Yes. Uh, This ain't going to stop. Exactly. (laughs) I really like the band. I think they did a great job with this one. Uh, uh, The next track, too, is great. Uh, He Ain't No Saint. Let's get into it. Uh, they're, They're both shorter. The first one there is a minute 40, or 53, rather. And this one's just over two minutes at 2.04. Here we go with He Ain't No Saint. One more from the Pagans of Northumberland. great tracks on that one go check it out a lot of great football music uh i hope you enjoy the pagans of northumberland out of calgary up in canada it's good stuff yeah it is that uh yeah that last one he ain't no saint i really love the i really love those little guitar semi leads they throw in that guitar just sounds like it's got its own uh it just got such a weird kind of snarky sounding tone (laughs) Yes. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. It's great. It really is a cool album. I think I talked about it a little bit because I had it for like a week or two. As soon as it came out digitally, I got it on Bandcamp. There's just so many other things going on with the podcast and other music, and I was listening to it. And finally, I got a chance. Like, oh, yeah, I like it. I liked some of the tracks that were included from the previous EP to kind of make this a long player. And then the new tracks that I hadn't heard previously, great, including those two, Left With Nothing and He Ain't No Saint. Get out there, check it out, self-titled, go over to the band camp, and again, in about a week, a little over a week, the physical copies will be available. Eric, let's wrap the show up with some metal. Yours is definitely metal, mine is uh, ish. 
we'll get there when the, when the time comes. Let's do yours first. Well, even even so, I would say this is a uh, middle-ish, and and I will get to that in just a second. Um, but I want to call back to uh, the previous episode. Your pick was uh, the song and. A song from the cradle to the grave that was covered by integrity yes yes and that cover was of motorhead yes, so today i decided to choose one motorhead song awesome and and i say that it's uh i say that this also counts as a uh, holiday related track because uh tomorrow being christmas eve the 24th was when my lord and savior was born and that savior is Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> Come awesome. on, remember what they said in Airheads? Trick question, Lemmy is God. Yep, Steve Buscemi, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, the, uh, but, yeah, Motorhead, at least to me, that was one of the uh, starting points where I started moving into heavier music outside of just straightforward 70s rock and roll the music that my dad had grown up with right that included acdc and pink floyd and whatnot then i started with like you know my friends are listening to a lot of heavier music let's uh check out some bands like black sabbath and uh some metallica and then i heard motorhead and it just <laughs> that just grabbed me by my neck and just shook me <laughs> like a <laughs> like a baby's rattle it was some good shit and uh and yeah, as to my comment of uh, Motorhead being metal-ish, it was yeah a lot of metalheads looked up to looked up to Motorhead, and uh, it kind of became the basis for a lot of their sounds, particularly the thrash metal movement. But also, when Motorhead was coming out in the '70s, they had related a lot to the punk rock culture, and especially if you listen to the first album, the self-titled. It it's rooted in a lot of very simplistic punk rock undertones right there, even though they are harder and uh, a bit more guttural and overly distorted. Right. Yeah. So really, they were one of the first bands to kind of exist on their own plane and, and appeal to both punks and metalheads. When at the time, those two were just going at it like rabid dogs. They hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> but Motorhead was where they could find some common ground. So... So yeah, but I wanted to keep it in more of the uh, yeah, in more of the uh, metal track as opposed to like a holiday song or uh, older or lesser known or something. I don't know for what reasons. I just wanted to. I just wanted to bang my head. I guess who knows. <laughs> well, let's bang our heads. Yep, let's bang our heads. This is the first song I ever listened to by Motorhead, the one that started it all. The uh, Precipice of Heaviness. This is Iron Fist from the album of the same name. You know 
That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, the simplicity of Motorhead's music, it's made up for by the aggression. And that's why it's still, that's why it's lasted so many years and will continue to last, even though Lemmy is in, Lemmy is in a place higher than us. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, happy birthday, Lemmy. It's would have been like, I don't know, maybe his 80th birthday this year, I think. Somewhere, somewhere around there. Something. Even though he lived a rough life, he he still aged pretty well. Yeah, yeah, so much so that he couldn't do any. Bl- he couldn't even do a blood transfusion. He had ingested so much, so much alcohol, so much coke, so much nicotine. Like I don't know, maybe three packs a day. And yeah, I think he went to like uh, go donate blood. They're like, uh, yeah, we can't take this blood. It's not gonna correlate well with anybody. And we can't give you blood back because your body will not be able to sustain it. It's just grown accustomed to whatever's lurking around in your veins. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Poor Lemmy. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, poor Lemmy. But he has now become the official god that we know him as. Right. It was – and someone's uh, eulogy, uh, real quick, they said uh, – yeah, it was the day after Demi, uh, after Lemmy passed away, and you know all the rock stars and fans that were all getting on their Instagrams and Facebooks and Twitters and uh, giving paying their condolences to him. And this one, I cannot remember who said it, but there were their tweets said, "The next time you hear extra loud thunder in the sky, now you know." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a. That's a pleasant way of looking at it. And right. It's a pleasant way to grieve. Absolutely. Let's wrap yeah, this show up. 
last track, the band is Discrepancies. I said ish as far as metal goes. It is described as new wave of rap rock. So metal-ish. The band Discrepancies is from St. Louis, Missouri. Harkens back to that music I, I was probably listening to, you know, this style of music around 20 years ago, probably. Uh, <laughs> still enjoy it every now and again, and something new came out. The band Discrepancies put out The Rise this year, October 23rd of 2020. We played a track as a single, I think it was way back like in March on the show, called Control. It's also on this album. They released it as a single way back then, so on this episode... We're going to play one more track from the band off of their new release, The Rise. Again, the band is Discrepancies, and the track we're going to listen to is Undertow.
that is discrepancies. The track is Rise. Again, we played Control earlier in the year. Uh, it is definitely the, the vocal delivery gives it that rap part of the rap rock. But I think a lot of the, the music there, you know, pretty heavy. Just uh, that's what you get with the combination. And I like it. I thought it turned out pretty well. Eric, we're going to wrap up the show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on episode 191. Another shout-out to Ginny for joining us on the show. You can find her again on Instagram at GinnyFBooks, and you can go to her GinnyFBooks.MyShopify.com to get her novel, Loose Gravel. It is too late to buy it and get it for Christmas, or at least on Christmas, but there's always those late Christmas gifts or all those gift cards or those things you wish you would have bought yourself. And I think we were talking about doing things inside, indoors, because it's cold, you know, that type of year. I think we were referring to video games earlier. But, uh, you know, reading books, it's a great time a year to get out and read some books, add this novel, Loose Gravel, to that list. Eric enjoyed the book. I like the concept. I'm probably going to get to read it here at some point. So you get out there and check it out. If you're up there in Canada, you know, more specifically in Ginny's area of Canada, there's several bookstores that are carrying it around up there. She said, boom, pandemonium, circus book and music, revolution records, city and city books, to name a few Get out there, check it out. You can go get it in person, and maybe you can go get it if those are open today, listening to it on Christmas Eve. You can get it for Christmas if you're in that area. Otherwise, go to ginnyfbooks.myshopify.com. Get yourself a copy of Loose Gravel. You can find all of the bands that were on the show on Instagram at waronwomen, at kong.kong.empire, at vandalsofficial, at refused, at paganpunkrock. At Official Motorhead, at Discrepancies. The show is at SLC Punkcast. Plus, you can find the show. Forgot to mention that, but you found us somewhere. So you, you can find us all these other places, too. On iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkcast.com. Eric, where can we find you? I am over on Instagram at ScaryUncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. My band, Anonymous, is also on Instagram at Anonymous underscore Band Official. We are also on Facebook at Anonymous Band SLC. And our Bandcamp is AnonymousSLC.Bandcamp.com. Also, I want to throw in the, uh, the Charlie Murder stuff. No Instagram, no Facebook or anything like that. But the... Uh, the uh, developer, Scott Studios, if you're interested in uh, some of the other stuff that they design, the development, they are also on Instagram at Scott Studios. And, awesome. uh, and yeah, you can find them, you can find that stuff on their Bandcamp as well, just uh, scottstudios.bandcamp.com. And uh, what we, Xbox 360 on the arcade and on Steam if you want to go check out that game. And on Steam, $2.49, 75% off, that's what I saw. On Google, anyway, I didn't click on it yet. Uh, at some other point, maybe, but it said two forty nine, and on Xbox, ten bucks. Go check it out. You can find all the bands on Facebook at War on Women, at Kong Kong Empire, at We Are Live by the Sword, at the Vandals, at Refused Band, at Pagans, the Pagans of Northumberland, at Official Motorhead, at Discrepancies, at SLC Punkcast. That is it. That's all for the show. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, just to, just 
just a callback, you know, a lot of uh, holidays lump around uh, this time. Uh, thus, even to the fact that uh, Christmas got lumped in with uh, multiple different types of celebrations <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> yeah, with Yule and uh, Jesus's birthday. And, and yeah, so all these celebrations they just kind of lump together. And yeah, we've yet to see it be lumped in with Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or anything like that. But the idea is like all the celebrations that go on at this time, you celebrate how you feel, whatever makes you comfortable. And that's why we say happy holidays on this show, because just don't assume that everyone out there is celebrating, quote, Christmas. You know, I'm celebrating Soul Invictus, in which the light defeats the darkness after the solstice, anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And stuff like the Christmas tree is a uh, is a Yule tradition, but if you are, uh, but if you are celebrating the uh, birth of your Lord and Savior, then that's what Christmas is for. That's how you celebrate. That's fine. Go and celebrate that. We re- we all celebrate in our own way, and that's the best way to do it. You know. Absolutely. Whatever's comfortable. I don't even care if you're celebrating Easter this time. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, so, so yeah, whatever you guys are all celebrating, if you're celebrating, or even if you're not, you know, happy holidays slash happy, have a good rest of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. And from us to you on that note, happy holidays. Chris, play the fucking outro. Outro.